And we're back. We're finally back. We're finally back. Welcome to How to Be Queer. My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. Hiya. I'm Hi. Kim. And my pronouns are she, her. And this is an episode. We're so happy to be back. Right? We yeah. We're really happy to be back. Thank y'all for letting us take a little bit of a break this summer. But we're here and we're going to talk about, because we just told you our pronouns, as we do every time we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hello. Because we feel safe. Because we feel safe. To tell you our pronouns. To tell you our pronouns, which, spoiler alert, yes, we are going into it. We're, we're coming back around to, you know, allyship and a big part of being allies is talking and understanding the usage of pronouns. Yes. And the language. Yeah. And the language. Yeah. So we're going to do... We've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Um, What is the difference between gender identity? What what does orientation mean? Um, Why do I use my pronouns? Should I put my pronouns in my email? Oh my God, I messed someone's pronouns up. What does that mean? Yep. You're going to get it all in this episode, folks. Yep, we both just worked out. Kimmy went for a run in her Can't Even Think Straight shirt. She's got her glasses (laughs) on. I just did a heavy lift with J-Dub. I got to say, like... You look real good. Well, thanks. I know. I know. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, what? A, what a look! I've got a microphone, a headphone on, glasses, and a, I can't even think straight. Shirt on. It's perfection. I did my one woman gay pride parade today while I was out for my run. I, I just have to say sometimes too when I'm out for a run, I'm like, damn, the patriarchy is alive and well because I'm out, you know, running. And I know I get it. I'm a cute runner. You are. I got my high pony on. Mm-hmm. I'm like having like I do like my dance run, yep. right? Because you know I've got good tunes going. And inevitably, every time I go running, some dude in a pickup truck drives real slow by me, hanging out his window. Gross. And I, yeah. I want to be like, first off, do you not see that I'm clearly on a pride parade because I'm almost always wearing something gay when I go running. And even if I wasn't like dudes, if there is a woman running, like the last thing she's doing is it's not for your benefit. It's not for your entertainment. It's not for your entertainment. She is out there doing her thing. So the slow drive by with the hang out the window and the like, hey girl, it ain't working. No. Yeah. She's out there like running to make herself feel good feel good and it's for her not you i really wonder like do they does does this man think that i'm gonna stop running and being like well now you got me i know <laughs> let me hop in your car and it's, whisk me away the, the fucking entitlement is just nauseating yeah so my one woman gay pride running parade today i i did get two um, pickup truck slow drive by stare out the window it's the cat call. Like, I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Dudes don't do that in. to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great fucking segue. <laughs> Should we talk it's about fine. gender identity? Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be the fuck off that's written on your forehead. Or the fact that you look like you could snap someone in half, Alex. I don't know. <laughs> could turn, like, flip them off with both, both hands and be like, suck it. <laughs> So I guess this is like a really great segue. You should do that too. You could, you could turn and flick them off and say. But I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally cop to the fact that like when I go running, I'm listening to like some type of like it could be like '90s rap, it could be hip hop, it could be a little TLC. Yep. Like I'm sometimes I listen to like classic Motown. So like I'm running, but I'm like also kind of like half dancing. Like you know, I, I like I said, I wear the high pony. I've got a cute little shirt on. Like I'm moving. 
and grooving. Mm -hmm. I get that I'm not exactly, you know, walking through with like my biceps bulging being like, don't fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally not my, not my vibe. So, okay. Sorry guys. We're supposed to be here, but, but this is a good segue into gender, gender identity and orientation. So this is. I'm going to realign my brain to like, because you're, okay. I'm thinking about you running with your quads popping and your hamstrings and your little short shorts and I'm just going to, sorry. Do my quads pop when they I run? They do. Yep, they do. I watched. I just, I'm just going <laughs> to. Are you the creepy person? I'm the creepy dude that stares at you. But see, I'm allowed to do that, right? Because we're together. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Okay. I objectifying your partner. Yeah. Like, that's all. You know what? That, we will talk about that when we do. When we do the sex episode. When we episode. do the sex episode. Yeah. Which, listen, that that one's coming yeah um we've got a whole episode about about sex coming your way soon yeah and i also want to mention we have we are powered by youth scene we got some new equipment yeah we did and um hooked us up thank you youth scene check them out youth scene s-e-e-n.org and go support so here alex today we are going to talk about gender identity orientation pronoun usage, mm-hmm. why we don't ask what's in someone's pants, which surprisingly <laughs> happens oh a lot. And I'm, I'm going to say it again, like listeners, this is one where we talk about space a lot mm-hmm. and what you give space to actually says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to, we're going to be, this is like a great way for like our cisgendered allies. Like how do you make some space around pronouns? And making sure, like, who's actually impacted by this? What does safety look like? H- how are we how are we practicing allyship when it comes to gender identity? Yeah. So I'm going to say, like, maybe the first thing to know is gender identity and orientation, two very different things. Yep. So you want to you want to drop some, or do, we want to like? I think you need to drop some knowledge on us today because you are a person that lives. You live this every single day. Yes, I didn't know I was in the non-binary until I did. And so I can hear the questions coming now. Yep. What is non-binary? Well, let me lead with, um, can I drop a little, um, little, um, what's question for you? Okay. So we know that using the word transgendered is not. Oh, yeah. So Er I, I just heard you say what I thought, what I thought was cisgendered. Oh, cisgender. So it's so wouldn't that be the same thing? We shouldn't use cisgendered it, because oh, we don't use transgendered. Should. Well, yeah, I guess we. I guess we shouldn't. I think I've used cisgendered as well, and I just want to call myself. Yeah, let's call ourselves out. You are cisgender. Sure you're cisgender. Yeah, yes, and transgender. Cis- transgender. Yeah, you know you're right. I think I do sometimes a tendency have a tendency to say that, but let's start here. When we say cisgender, yeah. what does that mean? Well, um, so gender identity is lives between your ears. It's, it's a sense of being, it's like who you are has really nothing to do with like your, um, your body parts, but cisgender and transgender. So the body comes into play where you identify your sense of self, your sense of being identifies within the body you were born into. So I am a cisgender woman because I was born into a body with a vagina, yeah, and a vulva. A because we learned, we learned, right? Thank you, Gwyneth, <laughs> right? Because Gwyneth Paltrow t- taught me 
It's so pathetic that I learned this from <laughs> Whatever. We're going to go with it. I bet you her vulva and vagina is like perfect. <laughs> she just seems like a woman that has a Well, perfect... so is yours. I mean, every, everyone's. <laughs> um, but yes, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm, off to, I'm off topic already talking about Gwyneth. But, the, people love but, it. But yes, I was, I was born into a body where the gender I feel between my ears that lives in my brain, yep. it matches the body parts that are between my legs. So I would be a cisgender woman yes female yes got it yeah and so if you so can you explain for our listeners then what is if you if you if so if i'm cisgender what is what is transgender so i'll just obviously always i'm speaking from my own experience and transgender can be like the umbrella of anything (gasps) not cisgender so not and i've said before like not all non-binary people are bi- um, are trans and not all transgender people are non-binary. So for me, tran- I, I, I am transgender because I transitioned away from the sex I was assigned at birth. And so we live in this world where, you know, everything's very, very binary. There's male and female, boy and girl, one and two, and black and white. But being human is gray. Yeah, where it is. it's it's not black and white. So, um, so like non-binary is the gray between between the binary of like male and female. So like it can be you're in the middle of cisgender male female, or you're like not you're you're neither of those. I guess that's what's so fascinating to me about gender identity is that you know being being a gen xer it was just hey you're male or female right and then as we've learned more about ourselves and 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 engaged in multiple perspectives of how people feel in their bodies you realize that when you say like the gray that actually most people don't really live in a binary yeah um i I understand that you know not everyone's going to say, well, I'm non-binary. Most people, you know, I think when you just like look at pure data, like most folks still identify as either male or female, but it is becoming much more expansive of the way that we're able to have language that fits with the way that we feel in our body. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for me, like it, it exactly describes why I felt so, um, foggy in the fog, like my whole life, because I didn't have, that explanation that like, oh yeah, you live in the gray. I live in the gray and I didn't know I was in the gray. And then I was like in a fog. Well, and I think, you know, and I, I always kind of relate this back to, to media sometimes because it's what I know and it's what I do, but how important it is to have representation of other folks that live in um, the gray or don't live in a binary because you, you waited until you were 40 or had to wait until you were 40 to really get the language around what is this gray feeling? There were no words that you could like mm-hmm. grasp onto. And, you know, some people are like, oh, well, labels aren't a good thing. I'm like, but sometimes they are, yeah. right? Because when you got the, the label of non-binary, you said your world changed. Yeah. I mean, I reject, I've said this before, like I, I rejected labels. I thought my power was rejecting a label. And then when I got the right label... Um, it opened up my world even, even more. And I was like, oh, and the, and, and like the fog lifted and I was like, 
this all makes sense. Just having that one word. And so aside, in addition to having the non-binary, the, the word, meaning you had moved off of your identity had moved off of the binary of either male or female. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's somewhere in between those two things. I know that you, 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 I've heard you say you identify as trans mask. Oh yeah. Can you tell us a little bit what trans mask means? So if non-binary is dead center between, um, for, for, for the reasons for the purposes of like you know simplicity like dead center between male and female or like man and woman so it's your um i'm trans mask because i feel and and well for me i present more i'm masculine of that center yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) i'm such a dude no (laughs) well i think it's funny because there's um I'm going to give people, it's a podcast, so like they don't necessarily have like a visual unless they look us up on our, our multiple sort yeah. of sites a bit. Yes. I mean, looking, looking at you to give people this visual, I mean, you're, you're really good looking. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I can't imagine why people listen to this banter between us, but let me, let me just drill all over you. <laughs> well, I'm doing the same thing to you. Um, but you are love is contagious. Love it. Oh, I, I man, that would like kind of stop me for a second. You know what? You are absolutely right. Love is contagious. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna love on you. Okay. Let's we'll <laughs> see if it sparks any. What we're gonna get to the sex episode eventually. <laughs> um, but your the visual view is that you are about five foot nine. Mm-hmm. You definitely have a muscular physique. Mm-hmm. Um, short platinum blonde hair. Um, you definitely, like, I remember when we, when you did, um, initially transition from, um, the sex you were assigned at birth to non-binary, a whole new wardrobe needed to come with it to really affirm. So you wear, I think what, like 90% of your clothes you would, it's such bullshit because it's just clothes, but you would find those clothes in the men's department. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but you will wear a full face of makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And you, well, it's, (laughs) I love it. I love you. Let me draw some more. Okay. <laughs> Back to our podcast. <laughs> do you like when I flirt with you? Yeah, I do. It's fun. Okay. Feels good. All right, good. So, <laughs> but, so to give people that visual, like when you say transmasculine, yes, I would say you are more masculine than feminine, but I, but definitely not the way that we traditionally look at men, which mm-hmm. is real bullshit because I think of somebody like Adam Lambert. Totally. And he is, he is, he, him. Yeah. He identifies as male. Yeah. But he definitely has a lot of elements of more femininity to him because we think makeup as feminine, although it doesn't necessarily need to be. Right. I know some rock stars from the 80s that... Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I remember as a kid, like, you know, I remember being really drawn to, like, David Bowie and, like, is it Grace Jones? Yeah. Um, Just that... Badass thing. Right? Mm. And just being so, you know, very fascinated with these people who were very fluid and I but the the the, the language was still like David Bowie's a man it's just like well hair bands 90s hair bands that's what I'm saying like I'm sorry but like look at um what is it Motley Crue and and Poison and yeah I think even John Bon Jovi had rocked out a little eyeliner at one point yeah so it's kind of ridiculous that we look at things like that and make them and we genderize it because it is just how you feel and what you want to look like yeah um, the other thing I was going to ask you, 
because this is a term and you, you really helped me understand this. I think it was a couple episodes ago, but I almost need you to, to tell me again. And when we say that a person is androgynous though, mm-hmm. that is different than someone's gender identity. Can you, do you remember when we were talking about that? Yeah, it's funny because I was actually going to bring that bring that up um, because you said about Adam Lambert being, you know, he him and he's, um, what was oh that he wears a full, you know full face of makeup and everything. So people want to say, well, that's non-binary, but non-binary is not your presentation. Like a non-binary person doesn't owe anyone a certain presentation. So um, so the androgyny, I guess, I. I, I constantly like digging into what this word really means because I think we, on the surface, we define it as a little bit of a boy and a little bit of a girl, but that's still binary. Right. It's still like, so what's masculine and what's feminine? It's like, you can't really tell because we're, because that's the point we're looking to know if you're one or the other when that's the point. Right. So androgyny, I think what you had taught me is that androgyny is a presentation. Mm-hmm. Non-binary is an identity. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, so you could be non-binary and look the way you look. And that's, it, this is such an area of, of learning for me, and I'm a part of the, you know, this community. Yeah. And I'm still, so I guess, like, for our listeners, it's like, you know, I, I just hope everyone can take this in. This is an incredibly expansive world right now mm-hmm. where we're just constantly gathering as more people get language and understand how to express the way that they feel with language, it is, I am constantly learning and there's no shame in that, right? There's no shame in that. It's, it's being open to saying, gosh, this is new or I don't understand it. I want to say what, what I want to get into this a little bit because they, them pronouns. Yeah. Um, obviously uh, you use they, them pronouns. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of experiences with people where they can be very dismissive mm-hmm. of they, them. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they, them being a pronoun that is attached for, for really for anyone who feels like they don't necessarily identify in a binary of she, her, or he, him. Mm-hmm. But again, like pronouns are just one piece of it. Like I was telling you, um, because I work in the media and we're constantly looking at like language guides and making sure that we're being as inclusive as possible with our language, ABC News, which is actually like their, their um, journalistic uh, department is actually really, is, is really good. And they have 57 different ways that they will use language to identify gender identity. Mm. 57. Mm-hmm. I've read as much as like there could be a hundred different ways that you could use language to identify to a person's gender identity. But for, I guess for the simplicity of this podcast, the, the, the pronouns of she, her, he, him, they, there, and then can you, and then I also see Z E. What is Z E? Yeah. There's Z Zay Zay. No, it's um Z there them X X E. X E R X E M. Okay. There's also Z E Z E R Z E M. Um, there's I R. There's there's a ton. It's really expansive yeah. right now. Yeah, it's really expensive. So this is um, so it, I, you know so, so gender identity is really what we're talking about, which is, and we'll get more into pronouns. Um, we'll keep going with pronouns here in a second. 
I just want to state, though, that all of what we're talking about, gender identity, mm-hmm. this is not the same as orientation. Yeah. So orientation is, I'm just going to use myself here, I'm a lesbian. That is my orientation. My gender identity is female. Your gender identity... Is female. I identify yeah. as a female. Yeah. But my orientation is lesbian. Yeah. You, why are you looking at me like that? No, I was processing because wouldn't your gender identity be cisgender? Cisgender female. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, but my sexual orientation is about like, well, what does my heart do? What, what, what makes my body parts go beep? Right. Not the same as gender identity. And so I noticed that like this, uh, you know, this is like a really common question that I get is um, people interswitch these. They, they get confused that like gender identity is the same thing as orientation. And it is not. These are very, these are completely different things. Yeah. I mean, I had someone on TikTok say, well, it's just all gay. <laughs> well, I mean, technically everything. I mean, everything. <laughs> you could say it's all queer, but yeah. that's even individual to anyway. So no, it's, it's actually not all gay. Yeah, these are really different different things yeah. because my gender identity is what, you know, my gender identity lives between my ears, mm-hmm. right? That I'm like, oh, right, yes. Everything for me lines up. The The identity that I, I associate with myself and my body between my ears is female. Mm-hmm. And when I look down between my legs, I'm like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Thank you, Gwyneth, for giving me the language. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um. But my orientation, what makes, what, where, where I feel attraction, what gives me that butterfly in the stomach feeling, mm-hmm. that is my orientation. Yeah. You're... Nothing to do with my body parts or what's between, well, I mean, attraction obviously lives between your ears too. Yeah. But for the simplicity of this conversation, like these are very different things and no, it's not all gay. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, even when I first started learning about these things for myself, it was a, it was a spectrum. It was like, you know, a line, which was very easy to understand. And then as I've evolved as a, my understanding and and still learning as well, that I look at at gender identity as a, as a prism. It's a, it's a 3D constant expanding thing. Wow. I, I'm going to have to like sit with that for a second because this is sometimes where I start to feel like really out of depth of understanding because I'm, I'm a Capricorn (laughs) and I'm so like. We go from point A, we go to point <laughs> B, we go to point C, and then yeah. you say something to me like, this is a prism, and I'm like, okay, you're going to have to like explain this to me. Well, and maybe to some of our listeners, too. <laughs> it's, and I, you know, I've said this a lot on, on this podcast is, you know, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting to that part of like the, the generational understanding where I'm fighting against my own um, biases that were, that were, you know, that we all have that, mm-hmm. um, were instilled in us when we were younger of, of trying to like nail something down so that it makes sense to me and having to like push through that and be like, it actually doesn't matter what makes sense to me. It's about listening and understanding what makes sense to another person so that I can honor that. Yeah. Right. And I look at the kids generation, you know, the, the, the generation, um, Z mm-hmm. and that one in six mm-hmm. identify somewhere other than being in the traditional sort of binary roles. And I'm like, Kim, you need to push yourself to understand this because the world is becoming a much more inclusive and expansive place where we do look at things like gender through a prism and not this 
you know, binary line, yeah. not this check this box. And it's, I'm sure some of our listeners feel this too. Like you can feel like I'm never going to get this and it's really hard. And that's our own conditioning of things are supposed to line up in the way that makes sense to you Yeah. instead of no, 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 no. I need to listen for understanding. Yeah. I really enjoy, I follow rain dove on Instagram and they are, um, I mean, for simple, I, I could, I don't want to, I think they're non-binary, but they, you know, people will say, they get thousands of, of comments and they'll say, well, you know, people say like, well, like, what are you? And, and Rain will just say, I am I. Oh, I love that. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just me. I'm just yeah. here. And there's, and then there's, and then it's, you know, end of sentence and it's like, and then people are like, but wait, but what are you? And it's like, I'm, I'm just, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this concept of like gender is completely. Well, I guess I, what is it about us as human beings that we feel we need to have that question answered? And also what is it about us and our entitlement that we think we have any right to even ask? Yeah. I am I. Sometimes I think it's because like, you know, to explain it, there's, 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 there's really no explanation, but I think it's like that need for safety security but then it's like not even about you well and i want to go to we have a friend who um works for and i, I won't I, I always try to be discreet except when it's t-mobile right <laughs> <laughs> we like totally put them on blast what was his name bob and we're like bob did not attend the <laughs> training. training that day he is a training <laughs> a flunky of the training yeah um if you don't know what we're talking about go back to a couple episodes where we did alex and t-mobile um, but this a, a friend of ours called us the other day because they were um, looking at so that their company was trying to to gather some information about people that use the services, oh, yeah. and they were putting out a questionnaire. And in the questionnaire, they wanted to have a better idea of um, the, you know pe- people's relationship with gender and how they identified, so that they could be addressing people in a more inclusive way. And so they had the list of, you know, hey, where do you identify as far as gender? And they gave people, you know, a decent amount of options. Um, But then they asked the question, what sex were you assigned at birth? Yeah. And I'm sitting here staring at this and I'm like, why in the world would this organization need to know that information? And what it said to me is they have no idea what they're doing. Oh yeah. I I was like, that's transphobic. That is absolutely transphobic that you think you need to know what is in someone's pants. Yeah. Like the only thing it's that your company doesn't need, need to know that you just need to, you know, it's like insurance and all like you go to your doctor, your doctor might know your body, but that's, that's between you and your doctor. And for the just for the purpose of our listeners understanding, this organization, there is no reason they would need to know. Oh yeah. They're not providing anything. <laughs> anything that would need to know what is in your pants. Yep. But it was amazing to me and this is a very large company. Like you listen company, you have the money to invest in DEI training. Oh my gosh, right? That you you have some type of sense here of, I'm not going to ask a person what's in their pants, but I am going to ask, how would you like me to refer to you? Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with what is in someone's pants. Like I can't believe we're actually talking about this. Yeah. I think I, there's another company that I, I know of that, you know, like, I, I'm trying to hold some patience for 
why will why will these big companies with a shit ton of money not spend the money to understand but yet put it on their employees to explain it for free well and to put it on to people in the community it's not yeah. even just your employees right right it's that you know typically what happens and this is this is um true for um you know people of color the queer community and this is why it's so this is why we need allies right mm-hmm. i'm going to like go into allyship for a minute what happens is when you are a person that identifies in that way, whether you're a person of color, you're a member of the queer community, maybe like we can even get into like ableism, like able body. Mm-hmm. When your experience, and so like in this example, like my experience as a queer person, when I have to go into my company and explain what my experience as a queer person has been, it is typically the fragility that shows up in people that are not a part of that community. And they'll say, well, is that really what happened? Or is this really a big deal? Or I don't understand why you're so upset about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredibly harmful mm-hmm. to the person that they're telling you their reality. Mm-hmm. And when you resolve, when you respond with your fragility, you are basically dehumanizing what their experience has been. And that's why it's so important for people to be able to have this conversation and have this education that are not a part of the community. Because when you're constantly being doubted, Because of someone else's fragility not to want to see your pain, it just creates more pain. Mm -hmm. So that's why we ask allies to step into this work so that they can say, hey, I don't know that these questions on this on this um, survey are going to really feel good to people in the community. Can we talk about it? Here's what I've learned. Here's how I'd like to step in. No, I'm not a part of the community. No, I can't speak for all people in the community, but I can at least initiate this conversation instead of putting it on the back of the person in the community that's probably already experiencing a lot of microaggression and harm. Like allies, that's what you're supposed to do. I know it's hard. Yep. Yeah. I know it's hard. I was having a flashback. Anyway. Oh man, we could talk about this for a long time with, mm-hmm. with, um, you know, people that have said when you, when you've told them, Hey, my pronouns are they, them and the dismissiveness mm-hmm. because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. It's such bullshit. So I want to get into, um, so again, like we'll go back to gender identity because I think we've established like orientation, not what we're talking about today. We are talking about identity and then pronoun usage. There's a couple things I wanted to share, um, with our, with our listeners because, there's, I get a lot of questions about, well, what is this like putting your pronouns in your email? Oh, yeah. And then um, I want to share a work experience that I had had where we were putting up some um, pictures of staff on our walls. Mm. And do you include pronouns in those staff pictures or not? So I want to get to that. But um, can we first take like, can we take a little break and come back and get into those? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back. Okay. Are, are we back? Yep. I'm just finishing up my chew. Yeah, a little snack. A little snacky. What is what is what does my mom call it? Snackies. Snackies and trampies. She's always like, "What are our snackies and trampies?" And there's a whole hand movement that goes with it. <laughs> is you it gotta this? like shake your hand. Yeah. Snackies and trampies, Kim. <laughs> what are we having? I love you, mom. I love you too. So when the right before we took the break, we were gonna start talking about. Um, very common thing most employers oh my god what is happening we have a dog brigade in our we do i don't know what it is about dogs but it's like not right now dude captain underbite take it outside oh boy okay sorry listeners but you know we're a highly produced podcast (laughs) we are um we were talking about uh what we were going to talk about before we took a little snacky break um 
was a common thing most employers are going through is do we include pronouns in our email signatures and why? Yes. So you want to take the first at this? That was my finger guns. <laughs> it amazes me that anyone listens to us. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could go into this in different angles. I put mine in to show, to tell people who I am. And also, it provides um, um, an opening, a door to let others know that I am a safer person, a safe person. A Because they see Alex Vaughn, mm-hmm. they, them. Yeah. Okay. And then I have a little, little short explanation underneath of why I share, share my pronouns. And what does that explanation say? Oh, gosh. I should have remembered it. Basically, that... Um, Providing your pronouns um, shows that. Oh, man, I'm blanking. Wow, that's, that's terrible. It's an email signature. I know. I think I look at it so many times. I actually forgot. Oh, I get that. I mean, truthfully, I know my pronouns are in mine. It's also in my little like Zoom. Yeah. Thing. Me too. Um, I couldn't tell you. I think I I do something in my, um, email signature too that uh, recognizes because it's the address of where I work and yeah. then recognizing. Um, the tribal significance of the land is the other thing I have in my email signature, okay. but it does say she, her. Yeah. Um, but I think I've read yours and, and the gist of it is basically the, you know, that I'm providing, I am providing my pronouns as a way to welcome you to share yours and know that this is a safe space in which to do it. Yeah. Something along those lines, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think one of the, um, like, so what is it? So for me, like my first name being Kim, um, I, I don't think I've ever, I know that there are, there are men named Kim or, mm-hmm. and, but it's, you know, usually identified with someone that probably is going to have pronouns of she, her. Mm-hmm. And so I think I get that from like people where they're like, well, do I, why do I need to put pronouns in when it's obvious I am yeah she, her, or he, him? Yeah. So I, I think, can you, can you tell me a little bit about like, what does it say then for, for me who I identify as cisgender female? I have a name that is not going to be like, it's, it's really not a, you know, it's mostly identified with people that are female. Like what is the significance then for me putting it in my female signature? I think so for you as a member of the cisgender community. Yeah. Um, even though you're in the LGBTQ, but you're in the cisgender world for someone who like me, who's in the, um, trans and non-binary world, for you to put your pronouns in your email signature um, takes some of the emotional load off of someone like me. Tell me how it does that. So, like, um, so it, it initially, like, it was like, you know, the trans, the non-binary person will, should always share their pronouns so, so we can be seen and, and, and respected and heard. But then when, when, it, it it speaks to that we can't assume gender. Right. And so, um, you know, when you, you become an ally for the, for the gender nonconforming trans community by sharing yours because you've shared that space now. Right. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I guess, I think what, what I hear you telling me is um, this is a way for me to show allyship and yeah. to normalize 
sharing pronouns so it doesn't feel like something that's just up to the trans or non-binary community to do. Yeah. Because essentially, yeah, yes, you, yeah. Because okay. it's like I, I out myself every single time. I have to say mine. So if we're all outing ourselves and saying them, it becomes less of a burden. Yeah. For those with different pronouns. And I yeah. don't even, I hate that I just said that. It's not different pronouns. It's just. Yeah. They, them. Yeah. So I want to share, thank you for, for laying that out um, for me, because it's a good reminder um, of why it's important that I do these things and in, in sharing with our listeners. Cause it is a question that I get a lot. Like if, if I don't identify part of the community, why do I have to share my pronouns? And it's like, well, that's standing in solidarity, right? Yeah. Of normalizing something where we don't assume a person's gender. Um, I do like that in an, in an email signature, the power is with the person. Mm-hmm. So you have control, obviously, of where your email goes, how you identify yourself in it. If it didn't feel safe for you for some reason, mm-hmm. um, maybe you would omit them all together or, or, or use whatever identification because your safety is obviously the most important factor in all of this, our personal safety. So I wanted to share, though, um, because I think there's probably a lot of other people that work in organizations that might be facing this. And it was it was a real moment um, of pause and reflection for me. Okay. So I, I, I work in public media. And so we have um, a wall when you walk into, because we are community centered, we are community building. Um, we have a wall in our building where it's a picture um, of our, you know, you could submit a, a headshot or a picture of yourself. That's a whole other rabbit hole I could go down. Mm-hmm. I hate traditional headshots. Yeah. Can I go on a soapbox for like a minute about this? Do it. Here's why I hate them. And here's why if you, if you are in charge of this at your organization, I'm going to encourage you to rethink this. Headshots are expensive. Yeah. And unless you are providing the means for your employee to go and get a headshot, please let them use a picture that's just more reflective of who they are Yeah. to assume that everyone has the budget to be able to pay for that type of headshot or that it feels comfortable or that that's how they want themselves to be represented is really an elitist and classist idea. Yeah. So my headshot and every time I'm on a speaking panel, I send them a non-traditional headshot and I get up on my soapbox and say, would you please consider using photographs that are not traditional headshots Mm -hmm. and so it's a picture of me and rosie is licking my face yeah um that was my soapbox so just something to think about as we want to be a more inclusive um society that headshots are expensive and they don't necessarily represent people with their authenticity and what does it matter they're so what if they're not uniform you really think people care yeah like they just want to know what you look like okay So, and they want to get a taste of who you are. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's me and Rosie, the angel from heaven. Okay. <laughs> so of course, you know, we're all uh, across my organization. We're all submitting our headshots or, or picture of yourself. I'm still going to use headshot. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be professionally done. And there's a space for our job title and then your pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, what can, why does this not feel good? Like my guts are screaming at me, like something's off, something's off, something's off. And so there's a whole group of people working on it. And, um, I'm like, guys, I want everyone to stop working on this. Like I need a 24 hour pause because I really want to sink into what doesn't feel right about this for me. And they're all kind of surprised because they're like, you're all about the sharing of the pronouns. And I'm like, I know I am, but something about this feels off. So we kind of had some group discussion and 
essentially what we came down to was not to put pronouns on this wall. And the reason was because number one, not everyone was sharing their pronouns. Like a handful of people were here, a handful of people were over there. And so therefore it really did feel like a magnifying glass on anyone that was sharing pronouns that were not she, her, he, him. So that was problematic in, in itself. Yeah. Then it was also this question of safety that now your name and your pronouns are on a, like, you know, not necessarily like a public wall, like you're going to walk past it on the street, but in a building Yeah. where there's lots of different people coming in and out and that there's a certain amount of exposure and you as the person have absolutely no control now who sees your pronouns. So we took them off. Mm -hmm. And our um, reasoning was until we have a hundred participation with pronouns, this is one of those things that does feel like all or nothing. Either everybody's going to be like, yep, we're sharing our pronouns. Like vaccines. (laughs) (laughs) Just sorry. Keep going. I do have a side note. I I have a side note about vaccines too and religious exemptions, but I'm going to put that to the side too. Yep. You do you boo. Okay. So. It was an all or it is a little bit with pronouns there. It is not a one size fits all, meaning it's not like you can say we want email. We want pronouns in our emails and let's put them everywhere else. Yeah. Th- those are not equivalent because you do have to think, where is this going that people are going to see it? Yeah. And am I have I taken the power out of that person's hands who is sharing their pronoun? Right. Yeah. So we said, yes let's please work towards having part, you know, participation with pronouns in your zoom box um, and in your email signature, but everywhere else we're going to leave it off. Mm-hmm. And until we're at a different place, like that's actually okay for us to take that pause right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, yeah, I, so how do you, how would you feel you, cause you know, with your pronouns, if you, if your employer said, well, your employer is different because you're, um, in a space where you're really trying to educate around it. But if you worked at a, an organization like mine, where there's hundreds of people in and out of the organization every day, mm-hmm. you, you very well may not know the majority of people that are now looking at your picture with your pronouns. Yeah. Some people have pronouns on, some people don't. How would that have felt to you? Well, I actually just went to, I've spent, you know, 20 plus years in the fitness world. And so, um, personal trainer profile boards were like, are a thing. And now for me, like I, I was just, as you were telling that story, I was, I was imagining having my picture up on this board where literally thousands of people a day are walking by it seeing you know everyone's picture and name and then pronouns and then how you would get you I would become a target exactly yeah which is so sad that we have to say that which is why I would not put my pronouns on the board so my gut instinct was right yeah because there's that my guts might know something well there you go (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things yeah yeah I I I yeah, I, I gosh, I'm really sitting with that statement you just said that having thousands of people walk past a board where you would be identified as someone that is not living in a binary, mm-hmm. that that actually makes you a target. Because then someone could walk up to me mm-hmm. and be like, hey, 
Oh boy. Sorry, Captain. I'm There's back. a scuffle. Um, yeah, and then the people would know exactly, you know, my name and my my pronouns and who I am, and I have a giant red target on my back. I, oh, because I I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, very much. I love you too. Okay, I'm glad that's established. <laughs> <laughs> it is really hard to hear that. Yeah. That that's the reality. Uh-huh. People are cruel. I, um, oh gosh, this is hard, but I, I hope, um, I just want us to live in a very different world sometimes than we do. Yeah. And although I know we have some really beautiful bright spots. Yeah, of course. Um, there's still a lot of work to do around the trans community. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, as as a trans and non-binary person, I now work in um, two spaces that are, you know, it's, they're bubbles, essentially. Like, I know for a fact, I'm 100%, 1000% when I go in there, like, I am safe to actually be all of me all the time. In your job now? Yes. You were not in your previous one, though. Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, I, I, I know, we, I think we've talked about it on this, um, on our podcast before, but there was uh, a lot of members of your team um, in your last employer where they would consistently dead name you. Mm-hmm. They would um, almost mock they, them pronouns with like mm-hmm. a wave of a hand, like, oh, they, them, that thing. Right. Um, that's, it, it's frustrating. Uh, yeah, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. And, just for people that are out there listening, when someone tells you who they are, for you to mock it or invalidate it in any way, to me, is an act of violence. Yeah. Yeah, because I ultimately left that place of work. And we've discussed this before on podcasts where it's it's no coincidence that, you know, kids and adults leave places of work. They leave schools to essentially start over after they transition. Because it's so much of an emotional load to just now, you know, here I am. And then you're dealing with everyone's shit. Well, and I think for employers out there, you know, one of the things that we've, we've really tried to think about, um, I think is, you know, from a DEI space is you have to think of things like leave policies yeah. um, for a person that is going to, is trans, it, it has transitioned. Um, there's a certain amount of time away for care that a person mm-hmm. needs. Um, there are multiple steps that you need to take within the organization, making sure that um, names are changed. Ha- has Have dead names been erased everywhere? If your systems aren't matching, right? Like sometimes your payroll system might not match to the way that a person is using their name. The legal process of changing your name, it doesn't happen instantaneous. There's right. phases to it. So, um you know, whoever is running, you know, sort of the, the, the internal operations, it's a, this is an opportunity to really think about, do you have a plan in place? Not being reactionary when a person says, Hey, I'm going to transition, like have that plan thoughtfully in place and consult experts and all of the steps that have to happen for a person to safely transition at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, boy, you did not have that 
no. at your employer, and it was day in day out. It was painful for you. It was till the and, point till the turn time you left. Yeah, and and it was this. It was the two things. It was multiple things at one time. It was continually being told, basically, you need to meet us where we're at. And Ooh. I'm like, no, you need to meet me where I'm at because, and then being told again, well, you're further down the road than we are. I'm like, so I need to circle back around and be, um, basically like tra- re-traumatized because you won't do this work or pay for it or invest in your employees and put it on them. Pl- I mean, it was like, that is brutal. Yeah. They should be embarrassed. Well, yeah, and then everyone, when I would give, I gave feedback and, you know, but that's ultimately, I think it's a, it happens so often is, yes, I had some amazing, amazing, you know, support with people, but the organization, um, it was essentially, you know, well, you need to just pause because we're trying to catch up. So that's like, listeners... Let's take a let's take a big breath together on this one. <laughs> so essentially, Alex, what you're telling us is that when you, after forty some years, yeah, have the language and the courage to say, "Hey, world, this is who I am." Yeah. Please refer to me in this way. Mm-hmm. That your organization said, "Sorry, we're going to have a hard time doing that because you're farther down the road than we are." Yeah. We're going to, it's going to be, it's going to take us two months to change your email. It's going to take us this long to change your name in our, in our HR. And I was like, repeatedly like, can you, can you change these things? Because this is who I am. Well, do you, do you feel comfortable telling our listeners when you have to log into a system every day mm-hmm. and see your dead name. Yeah. How does that feel? Well, you know, now it's, I can, I don't, it doesn't hurt. It's not like the cut, like the paper cut, like um, the cut, it's not, it doesn't hurt as much as it used to. But, um, when you have to see this name that you know is not you, it's, it's a punch. And so if, the organi- from an organizational standpoint, when you look at it like, if you're not doing everything you can to change all this as fast as you can, you're... You're really subjecting someone to something. Yeah. Well, and I guess we have to name, too, that when we think about all the different systems, right, for work that we log into. Yeah. Your email, um, your computer, your HR- HRIS system. Yeah. Um, getting your paycheck. Um, all of those things, you might see your name multiple times a day. Yeah. So it's not just getting one punch by the end of the day, you could have been hit six or seven times. Yeah. So hundreds of times. Yeah. So then when I, you know, end up talking to a manager or someone about it, I'm so feel so deflated and, but it comes off as like, I mean, I'm frustrated and I'm tired and I'm angry and, and so you, I, you know, the part, I don't know. I, there were a couple of times where you inevitably dumped that because, because of something that's, I'm not, um, that I'm trying to get them to see and they just aren't 
And their answer is, we're going as, we're fast, going as, we fast as we can. You need to be patient. And I'm like, I am not waiting, really. Yeah, so I guess that's where I go back to, like, employers, um, people that work with people, whether you're chief people officer or maybe you're an HR administrator, whoever you are, write down these lists of, like, this is everywhere in our organization where your name might show up. Mm-hmm. And have that checklist ready. So it's like, boom, 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 boom. Change, 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 change. Like, yeah. you know, we do this. Like, you, listen, if you work in operations, you've done this thousands of times, right? Yeah. You know when you're bringing somebody into the organization, all the different things that you have to set up so that they see their name. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. Like, you have to have a plan. so that Because to think that as we have more language and understanding and we ha- and people have the power... Right. To say, I now know how to acknowledge who I've always been. Mm-hmm. We have to have our systems catch up quickly to meet people where they are, because this isn't like it's a one off thing. Yeah. Right. Like they're going to have another person at work that transitions. Mm-hmm. It is completely ignorant to think that that's not going to happen. So how are you building a system that's like, yep, and we're ready? Yeah. I think it's it shows how it's how indicative it is of like things are so siloed mm-hmm. because once I even once I legally change my name, you you hope that that would trickle down and change other things. But I had to you have to go to multiple organiz. It's such a process. So, yeah, I, I remember when you were going through that and um, it felt I mean, I remember every day and this was months, I mean, it was yeah. almost like a year, I think. Yeah. Of when you were logging into systems, it was still your dead name that was showing up. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I, I can understand a little bit like, hey, when a person says like, hey, I've transitioned. Yeah. Um, here's my name. Mm-hmm. I get that it's not going to be like snap your fingers. And oh, done, totally. But we're talking about months. Yeah. That this went on. Yeah. Which to me is unacceptable. And that's what I mean when I say like, that's like an act of violence. Yeah. To me, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, come at me. I'm ready to fight you on that one, people. But it is. It's, it, it is it is, dehumanizing to any human being not to recognize who they are. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. I, th- yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. I don't want to retraumatize. I'm, like, totally retraumatizing no, you by making you talk about No, this. I'm actually, I was trying to actually bring some more light into it where, again, I had, like, you, you know, we, you had, People that were, you could, people try and I'm, um, I was just trying to bring some light to it. That's actually why I was kind of like in there, but, um, yeah. Well, let's give, before we, before we call it a day, <laughs> let's give one quick takeaway that people can take from this one. Cause we, we talk about this all the time, right? How do I correct myself when I have inevitably fucked something up, <laughs> which means I've misgendered you. Maybe I've used the wrong name, right? How, what is the best way for a person? You use ACT, right? Oh, uh uh-huh. Can you tell us again what that is? Yeah, ACT is apologize once, parentheses once, because don't over-apologize. It makes it weird for both of you. Um, C is correct yourself, and T is try again. You just move on. So when, because I always joked with you, like whenever we would be in the car and I felt like you were driving in a way that was scaring the shit out of me and I was going to die in a fiery crash, sometimes your dead name may have escaped my lips. Yeah. 
So in that scenario, I'm supposed to say, Alex, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. Let me try again. And then we move on. Yeah. I don't sit in a puddle of tears and go, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe that I did that. Yeah. Because that makes it weird. Yeah. Or if you like, like with uh, misgendering with a pronoun, you know, you can correct it within the same sentence and not even that in and of itself is a, is an apology. So if you were to say, for example, she in the beginning of a sentence and then change it to they by the time the next sentence or, you know, then that's for me, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like they, they, they caught themselves and moved on. But the point is, is that we don't make it about us and apologizing and like a puddle of fragility because we messed something up. Yeah. Cause then I'm, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. When it's actually not okay. And we've just, if, in doing that, we put the work onto you Yeah. to say, it's okay, it's okay. And we've cut, suddenly made it all about ourselves. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, folks, like I'm right here with a lot of you. Like it is a constant reminder of how I want to show up in the world. And thank you, Alex, because you're so, you're so transparent about this. I, I, I just, I love you. Yeah. Well, I love you too. And I, I love all the listeners and I love doing this. Like this brings me. I've, you know, I like helping people and if, yeah, this brings me joy, joy. You know, what brings me joy. (laughs) I have a couple guesses. (laughs) All right. I guess I'm done. That's the the next episode. (laughs) That is our next episode. So listeners, um, we get a lot of questions about sex. Oh yeah. So, uh, we are working on it. It is, um, I'm going to say, like, if you're, if you are, you know, we got a lot of people that subscribe and follow, which as we end this episode, this is your reminder, subscribe and follow so you get all of our awesome podcasts mm-hmm. that are highly produced <laughs> and Captain Underbite makes appearances. Um, but we are working on the sex episode. Mm-hmm. So um, listeners, if you want, go get this book called Come As You Are uh, by Emily Nagowski. I don't yes. know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly and I apologize, but... This book will blow your mind. It'll blow something. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I walked. You right walked right into, into that. that. Oh, for heaven's sake! Okay, but if listeners, because we're going to probably um, put that podcast out within the next week, because yeah. we're back on schedule here. Yeah, yeah. Um, be, if you want, take the re- read read as much of that book as you can in the next week because it's uh, gonna. <laughs> Stop it, Alex! Oh, I can't believe you're talking to me like that after I like just harassed you for an entire episode. <laughs> I can't believe people listen to us. Okay, so that's what I got for today. You got anything else? Yeah, well, just you know, like and subscribe and share with your friends, and you can email us at how to be queer podcast at gmail.com Find us on Instagram, balls of, which is uh, the handle is balls of magic. And Facebook, Balls of Magic. How to actually we're how to be queer. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. I think that's it. Yeah. See y'all soon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. It's coming. <laughs>